You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your coach, Jason. It's your coach, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today, primarily on two topics, NBA playoffs and the NFL draft. Danny, we'll see how this goes, but I've been sitting on some things for a little bit of time. I got to get off my chest. But first, let's get right into the NBA playoffs and where the Milwaukee Bucks got booted in the first round by the Miami Heat out of the playoffs. Danny, this was so disheartening to watch and to witness. Uh, I know the fans still in shock. Uh, I know I'm still in shock every time I'm listening to stuff on the radio about the playoffs or just even looking at the playoffs. I'm just shaking my head like, man, these Milwaukee Bucks have got bounced in the first round. And it's disheartening to see because they have the best record in the NBA. And it's not so much – I don't think it's as much as that they got bounced. It's how they got bounced. Mm-hmm. They won one game. Now, granted, Giannis was hurt. He was out. The coaching was bad. We now know possibly the reasoning and why uh, Coach Bud may not have been totally in the series headwise or from a mentality standpoint. Uh, the reports that he has lost his brother uh, in a car accident uh, that was right before game four. And uh, we send our condolences uh, to him and his family. Maybe his assistants could have taken the reins. It was hard to watch this series because Jimmy Butler just kept coming, man. And there were no adjustments, no double team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept switching. It's only so much Drew can do uh, in terms of guarding him. This was just a disheartening series to watch, Danny. What say you about these Milwaukee Bucks? I got some more stuff to say, but what say you about these Milwaukee Bucks? Jason, yeah, just to go out the way they did, everything was set up for them uh, for the playoff run, having home court advantage. Something we alluded to from the last show, I thought this would be more like a March Madness NBA playoffs where some big upsets w- would occur. Didn't know the Bucks would be one of those casualties, but it's shaping up that way where it is going to be wide open where they, honestly, I thought they could have, the way Boston's playing right now, this could have been theirs for the taking. Just to see them lose the way they did. And this goes way back to of Miami instead of Atlanta, right? If Miami wins that play-in game, Miami's playing Boston, Atlanta's playing Milwaukee. From uh, a hindsight perspective where it would have been, a, I think, an easier matchup for Milwaukee because Miami, man, for whatever reason, they have their number. Have a number. I know the Bucks swept them uh, a couple years ago, but Miami always plays Milwaukee tough. Jimmy Butler played his butt off. Some of it, I know Coach Bud did not make adjustments. 
that's obviously he didn't play Jay Crowder in the game five like we were pining for. I think he got 19 seconds. It's just throwing different bodies at Jimmy Butler and throwing different looks at him now to slow them down. But it also comes down to the players. And that game five, Giannis was 10 for 23 from the line. And if he's getting all those touches down low and he can't he can't execute at the line, that's huge. Because that that was part of the problem when they lost a few years back where he was struggling with his free throws. And then he rectified that uh, the next year. Like even that last sequence in game five in overtime, like it was like hot potato. No one wanted to shoot the ball. It ended up in Grayson Allen's hands, of all people, where you have Drew, Giannis, and Chris Middleton out there, and Grayson Allen has the ball to try to close the game. So that was more or less the icing on the cake. You look forward, and how does this impact the team with the free agency and all the things that will be com- upcoming in the offseason? Tough season for the Bucks, and now a lot of decisions have to be made to see what how they proceed forward and try to get back to where they are were before the playoffs started. Yeah, Danny, there was so many coaching mistakes in this game five in overtime. Jay Crowder after the game, uh, I think he was asked um, about his role and he so much indicated he doesn't know his purpose on the team. Um, I mean, we gave up what five second round picks to get Crowder. Brandon played 19 seconds. He would have been a great person to to body Jimmy Butler. Even if he couldn't hang with Jimmy Butler, you could have could at least body him a little bit. He could have uh, put some he could have put some marks on him. Yeah, something, man. I mean, come on, man. So we give up all of that trade assets, trade capital for Jay Crowder, who barely plays in the whole series. The lack of a timeout when mm-hmm. when my, he was making the run in the second half and also uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. I don't know. Just a lot of coaching mistakes, in my opinion. And you're right. There's going to be a lot of questions in, in free agency that Milwaukee is going to have to answer. I mean, we definitely still have Giannis. Chris Middleton is the big big question mark here. He has a player option in where uh, he's at 40 point four million dollars a player option for that i think he's looking to get a, a longer term deal mm-hmm. um so i can see him potentially opting out of this of this player option for a longer term deal now whether he gets that from milwaukee or elsewhere that's the question we will have continue to have Drew, but brooke he's up for a free agency i mean brooke had an awesome season man this was definitely contract year and he definitely has played up to any kind of contract that he's going to get uh in this upcoming year now whether it's with milwaukee or not that's another question jay crowder he's going to be gone joe ingles another free agent Uh, we'll continue to have pat Connington. they need to really develop bochamp if anything i think milwaukee needs to get younger Mm -hmm. especially um, in defending the three points. I mean, we need we need players to sprint out to defend the three. Um, that was our downfall, um, uh, I, I, part of the downfall anyway. Uh, we'll continue to have Javon Carter. Wesley Matthews is no longer, uh, he doesn't have a contract. Goran Dragic doesn't have a contract with us. 
uh, Myers Leonard doesn't have a contract with us. So we'll see what happens, but the big piece is going to be Chris Milton, and we'll see what happens there, Danny. Um, on to the rest of the playoffs here, Danny. I think we're looking at a very interesting playoff uh, in where now you have the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets going at it and where Denver has gone up two games to none. Uh, personally, Danny, I don't see where Phoenix comes back. They don't have a bench. Uh, granted, they're going back to Phoenix and bench players and role players, they tend to play better uh, at home. I don't see it, though. I think Denver has their number. Uh, unless somebody really guards uh, Jamal Murray, I don't see uh, Phoenix really coming back here. CP3 is hurt again. We don't know what his status for the next game is going to be. But nonetheless, uh, this goes down as another year where he's hurt. Um, so I don't see Phoenix coming back in this one. I see uh, Denver uh, moving forward. Uh, and then real quickly on to your late show, Danny, where the late show and Golden State Warriors face off tonight. <laughs> You talk about a performance by a great with Steph Curry dropping 50 in game seven. Are you kidding me? I'm, I've been going back and forth on this Lakers Golden State series. A lot of it hinges upon what uh, AD we're going to see. Is he going to be consistently in there? But even so, man, ah, this is going to be a great, great series, Danny. What say you about the Western Conference? Denver, man, Jamal Murray's looking like he was in, he's back in the bubble. The way he was playing is what he looks like right now. He looks completely healthy, and he's a tough guard, and Jokic is destroying them. They have no answer for Jokic. Aiden, now last night, Phoenix was winning that game in the, in the second half, and there were some questionable calls on Aiden where if Aiden is in the game, I think they still they make it closer than what it was. Once he picked up his fourth foul, and that's been a problem with him, with Aiton, when he gets those fouls, when he gets in foul trouble, Phoenix has no one to go to. Biombo is serviceable, but he's no Aiton. So I'm curious to see how game three goes, but this goes back to the bench depth. Phoenix doesn't have it, and you mentioned that. And that's what's killing them right now because they need some production off the bench. And with CP3 out, that makes it even more of a challenge for Phoenix or uphill battle for Phoenix to beat Denver. I want to see how game three goes, but right now Denver's trending in the right direction to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And as far as the Lakers and Warriors, it's going to be a long few nights here, Jay, these Western Conference games. I don't even know what to think with this Lakers-Warriors series, man. It's because both teams have been up and down. Like Golden State in their closeout game in game six, they laid an egg, but then go, Steph Curry goes crazy in game seven. And the Lakers, same thing. They had a closing game. They laid an egg in Memphis, but then came home and blew Memphis out by 40. Uh, it's definitely going to have eyes on the TV for this one. And, yeah, it's hard to say, Jay. I, I can't call it I because the teams are just so – up and down right now. No one's, neither of these teams have been consistent. And we'll see because if Clay Thompson and those, and Clay Thompson's kind of been struggling. So if he gets going, that can give the Warriors an edge. And the same breath, 
if LeBron continues to play the way he's playing and the bench can stay, um, play, you know, halfway decent, the Lakers have a good shot to beat Golden State. All in all, just looking forward to seeing this series play out. And then the Boston Celtics loses at home against the Philadelphia 76ers, Danny. I mean, who saw this coming? I mean, uh, James Harden with 45 on him. <laughs> uh, without Joel Embiid, who is uh, out injured with a knee uh, injury here. We'll see when he comes back. But Danny, I, I did not see this coming. Boston may have taken the 76ers lightly here without Joel Embiid. Uh, I believe that Boston is actually going to de- come back to game two um, and tie the series up, quite frankly. I hate to say this, Danny, but it, this is just a smooth, clear path for the Boston Celtics right now. I mean, without Milwaukee in the playoffs, this is a smooth path for them. And I just think that, again, this is probably why we're heartbroken about the Milwaukee Bucks not at least advancing here. Because not only was it this this year, but it was also last year when Middleton was out with the uh, injury. And we thought, well, Middleton could come back and we'll have good success here. We can make a run. Mm-hmm. So potentially this is not two, but possibly three NBA Finals appearances that we should have made. And... You're talking about economic uh, economic come up. If you go to the finals, that's a huge economic come up from for the uh, city, but then also for a franchise. So mm-hmm. I think we're just missing out here. I think, again, the bus are going to have to get younger um, in order to keep Giannis, uh, quite frankly, um, in, order, in order to continue to compete as well. But what say you about these uh, 76ers and Celtics? Jason, James Harden looked like the old James Harden last yeah. night. Mm-hmm. And I think Boston must have forgot <laughs> because James Harden has been in this position before where he's the alpha when he played in Houston. And he fell short against Golden State where he ran out of gas because he was doing too much. And and frankly, he had to do a lot because of the team. But last night, that was vintage James Harden. And that last step back three he hit on Al Horford. I don't know why they didn't throw another body at him to get him off his spot, but he set that up perfectly. Boston, yeah, they let one slip away there where this gives Philly some confidence now. Now we know Philly and how they operate in the playoffs uh, as of recent where they, you know, they show, they show flashes and then they fall apart. So without Embiid, how does that impact Harden when Embiid comes back and sharing the ball and making sure everyone's happy? But the young players stepped up for Philly last night. Maxie had a good game. Paul Reed had a good game. Hit some huge free throws at the end as well. Once again, Boston played like this against Atlanta. They looked really good, and then they let some games slip away and let Atlanta get some confidence, and they put them away in that game six, but they can't do that with Philadelphia. Philadelphia is just a little bit better than Atlanta and they better take care of business. Otherwise they may be out. And lastly, Danny, the uh, New York Knicks against Miami heat, Jimmy Butler continues to be Jimmy Butler uh, and where Miami heat takes game one. 
Uh, game two is tonight. We'll see what happens here. But, man, um, this is going to be a very interesting series. Um, and I think people need to watch out. If Miami advances, Tyler Hero could come back because he's supposed to be out, what, four to six weeks. Yep. Uh, so the way these finals are, or excuse me, the playoffs are going and where there's uh, a good game uh, day, maybe two days uh, in between games, this could really bode well for Tyler Hero. So we'll see what happens. But, man, well, an interesting series between Miami Heat and New York Knicks. What say you, Danny? Uh, New York needs some get back tonight. They, short, they shot horribly. <laughs> Oh, Sunday. They couldn't they couldn't hit anything. And Miami was just riding the wave, man, coming off that series victory against Milwaukee. And the Knicks better be careful. They better not lose tonight because that that's gonna be hard to come back from on on Miami. Just wait, because Miami plays really good defense. So they they're always gonna be in the game. But if Brunson can get going. Uh, Randall was out game one as well. So there's some things there where in game two, New York can uh, turn things around and tie this series up heading back in, uh, heading back to Miami. But don't let game two slip away, man, because you don't want to be down 2-0 going back to Miami. Now, Danny, on to the NFL, where the NFL had the draft this past weekend. And let me just say, a very interesting uh, weekend. Uh, young men uh, who become NFL professionals from student athletes are making some bank. Uh, here it is that yet again, the NFL doesn't draft HBCU players, for that matter, FCS players. But over the past decade, in this particular draft, let me just say, in this particular draft, there's been 10 um, there's been 10 FCS players drafted. Last year was 20. Year before that was five. 2020 was six. Uh, 2019, there were 13. In 2018, there were 19. Now let's go back that far. Out of that, over the past a few years, one person was drafted from the HBCU this year, three last year. In 2021, zero. 2020, zero, 2019, four, and 2018, two. There were several individuals from HBCUs that could have gotten drafted. They were invited to the Combine in Indianapolis. They had their own pro days. The measurables and the speed matched up, comparable, yet they were not drafted. This year, out of Jackson State, cornerback Isaiah Bolden, he was drafted in the seventh round, uh, overall pick number 245. And there's only 259 picks uh, in the draft, and uh, he was drafted by the New England Patriots. Danny, this is a travesty um, because when you start thinking about HBCU players who don't get drafted, you really start to compare from other FCS schools uh, and just bigger schools in general, even the FBS. You're talking about giving back to your alma mater. Well, a part of that is they need to be draft, drafted <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in order to give back. 
to their alma mater. Uh, I think there needs to be some kind of investigation. And this is just my personal opinion, not that of any organization I'm a, m- a member of or anything of that sort. But then I think there needs to be an investigation here for these players not to get drafted and the measurables and the speed, et cetera, are comparable. Something's wrong. Granted, yes, they're in the FCS. They may not possibly have, quote unquote, the competition that that these teams are, are looking for. But nonetheless, they're still quality players. And maybe these franchises are thinking, well, we can get value uh, at the FCS level, at the HBCU level. I, I don't know, Danny. I think something needs to be done here. Um, just not right, in my opinion. And uh, Prime Time, or excuse me, Coach Prime actually indicated that he's ashamed of the NFL for 31 teams to, to pass up on opportunities uh, to draft at the HBCU level. I don't know, Danny. This feel like something needs to be done here. But what say you about the NFL draft? I called this out our last show to keep your eye out to see what would happen in this draft. They disappointed big time. And just to have one player selected, I was thinking, all right, if they're going to select who they're going to select, I was thinking your boy from FAMU, Land. I thought for sure he would get picked. And there are a couple others of note, but just to have one selected, I know uh, a few uh, HBCU players were picked up after the draft. Yeah, man, it's hard to advance. We don't get the opportunity to advance. Right. And that's that's tough, man. And it's I know Dion is, you know, the one voice, but I think it just needs to be some more voices to get behind this to make it more of an issue to make sure that um, it's not getting swept under the rug every year. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. This is what it is. But then all of a sudden it's, it is, no one really talks about it. So that's where I think it needs, something needs to happen where people are bringing this up more and more uh, from the HBCU community to make sure that it's known and at least put some people in the hot seat to make them answer some questions of why and why not. And what is the reason, you know, it's, I think it's bigger platforms need to make this known and start calling things out um, to see how it can be rectified in the future. But until it, until it is, this is still going to continue. I don't see it changing um, anytime soon. Yeah. And the frustrating thing is I know down at uh, FAMU that all 32 teams went down there to the pro day. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're not getting exposure because, you know, Dion had, uh, I think there was the HBCU combine. There mm-hmm. was uh, opportunities where Isaiah Land and, and team, they actually um, participated in, in different uh, senior bowls and things of that nature. So the exposure is there. They've been exposed. It's just that Maybe they just don't have the right individuals in the uh, decision-making for these franchises. I know Detroit, they have, uh, I can't remember the individual's name right now, but they've had had, uh, a coach, a recruiter who um, is an HBCU alum, 
or has HBCU ties and was able to actually draft or help draft um, some HBCU folks to Detroit, uh, especially last year. So I don't know, Danny, is this seems like uh, things are off, but we'll see what happens moving forward here. Your Atlanta Falcons, Danny, any uh, news on your draft picks? I'm pretty yes. excited about it. <laughs> well, Atlanta, as always, stirs up some drama. And we didn't disappoint this year where Jalen Carter was on the board from Georgia. And some deemed him as the top player in the draft in which the Philadelphia Eagles uh, picked him nine and we had pick eight. We took B. John Robinson. And it's one of those things, man, it's tough because, yeah, Jalen Carter is the better player. Yes, we had a definite need on the defensive line. But, you know, with his issues that he had off the field and not being in the room because we're not privy to that, but it's one of those things where it may be, from the individual standpoint, it may be better for him to get out of Atlanta and not be in Georgia with all the things surrounding him right now and just get away and have a fresh start. So from our standpoint, I would love to have him on the team because he's a he's a baller. But B. John Robinson had a great career at Texas, running back, and look forward to seeing how they utilize him. It is kind of high for a running back, so that kind of scares me a little bit. But the kid's talented, and he's a great character guy. So I think that's where some of this decision-making came into play, especially around this pick. And then we pick, we took uh, offensive line second round. Matt Bergeron, like the pick there. The other pick I want to just call out is round four, Clark Phillips from Utah, cornerback, Pac-10 or Pac-12 player of the year, defensive player of the year. I think that was a steal in the fourth round. And so Atlanta picked in their areas of need. It's just the first round, I'm hoping B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier can coexist in the backfield because they do run the ball a lot. So I think that was some of their thinking as well to uh, take take a running back that early. So I hope it pans out for the, for the Falcons. How about your Packers? Danny, so this has been an interesting draft. You know, um, Packers went ahead and, and took Lucas uh, Van Ness, uh, linebacker of Iowa, uh, in round one. But ironically enough, man, they went ahead and drafted some offensive pieces and offensive weapons uh, in this draft, which is unlike the Green Bay Packers. Wondering if that is a dig against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, in the second round, man, they went ahead and got a tight end. Uh, Luke Musgrave, uh, Jaden Reed, wide receiver in the second round. Go figure. Tucker Kraft, another tight end in the third round. You went ahead and drafted a quarterback, Sean Clifford, Penn State, in the fifth round. Uh, we're not done yet offensively, Danny. Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver in the fifth round. Uh, got another kicker. Got a running back in, oh, sorry, you got another kicker oh, in um, Anders Carlson in the sixth round. In the seventh round, we got another running back here, Lou Nichols. So, Danny, this is really the first, excuse me, in the last pick in the seventh round, uh, they got Grant DuBose, another wide receiver. 
Yeah, let me just say this, man. This is totally a dig at Aaron Rodgers. I can't remember the last time the Packers have been this offensive heavy in a draft. So we'll see what happens here. But they got pieces. They got weapons. Uh, the Packers went ahead and they did not get get the uh, option here for Jordan Love. Uh, but they did agree on a one-year extension. So that thing speaks, I think that speaks volumes, quite frankly. Um, and I think they will go ahead and at the end of next year, see how he does, uh, and then go ahead and make uh, a bit a bigger offer here. But nonetheless, Danny, these Green Bay Packers, the executive staff, they now have their players. Aaron Rodgers wasn't one of their players. So now they have Jordan Love, and now they have the weapons and the pieces put around them. But I'm going to tell you who I was really impressed with more so uh, from a divisional standpoint, the Detroit Lions. I think they drafted pretty well. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go out on a limb here right now and say, I think the Detroit Lions may win the division, or they're going to be second right behind uh, Minnesota, if that's the case. But I can really see Detroit making um, some moves here in the division. I hate to say it, but it is what it is. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.